0: Now, going back to the dairy industry as a whole, I feel like there are a lot of misconceptions. Are there any that you would want to educate your community about, or any that you'd want to clear up?
1: I mean, I I think the most common one that's kind of gets beat to death is you know just the the idea of dairy farmers and how inhumane we are, and and how horrible cows' lives are, and and it's frustrating because I've I've been first of all, a cow that's not treated well is not going to produce high quality, large volumes of milk. So at the end of the day, this is a business and our business is selling milk and getting the most amount of milk, high quality milk from our animals is the end goal. So mistreating a a cow is not going to get you to that goal. So they have to be taken care of all the time. And and I've, I've been in barns, newer barns in the middle of summertime where them cows are living a lot better than I am when I'm outside. I mean, just the amount of fans and misters and they get to lay in sand. They have sand bedded free stalls and laying in set. See, we're a grazing operation and most people love like, oh, your cows get to be out on pasture and that's where cows are supposed to be. Honestly, during the summertime, my cows would much rather be on one of those other farms because... (laughs) (laughs) A cow's comfort zone is like 13 degrees to 68 degrees. When it gets up above 70, they start getting hot. Right. So on a 95 degree day, I don't have the barn with the fans and the misters. All they have is trees and shade and hopefully a breeze. So I make sure they always have access. There's always water close by and there's always trees and shade. But yes, they enjoy being out in pasture and I love being a grazing operation, but cows that are in a barn are not mistreated. I can right. guarantee you that they are very comfortable in 98 percent of the barns around. Um, and it's the same way with calves and everything else. Like, I, there's nobody out there that's that's willingly mistreating a calf or, or you know do, being harmful to them. Yeah, we have to pick them up and carry them around sometimes, and it might look <laughs> awkward. But calves are big and gangly, and it, yeah, you have to do what you have to do to be able to move them because that's. That's the nature of it, but we're not trying to harm any any of our animals. Um, the use of the misuse of antibiotics and stuff like that. Antibiotics—if we give a cow antibiotics, that milk has to be dumped down the drain. Right. We have that does us no good. So antibiotics are used on a minimal basis, on only if needed. Um, <clears throat> it's not something we're going around like, ah, I think I'll give her a shot today. That's not how it works. Right. Because this milk. The milk will be tested multiple times before it's ever processed, and it will test positive for antibiotics and it will be dumped down the drain. And if I put my milk on a truck with somebody else's milk and it comes back to the antibiotics and it tainted, I have to pay the entire truckload because that spoiled that entire truckload. So there's farmers aren't doing that. That's not, that's not something we would willingly, knowingly do. Um, part of the issue with the larger farm operations, you. And you have to start bringing in a lot of hired labor. Obviously, hired labor doesn't maybe not have the same feelings that you have and want to treat stuff. That's why I love being the only guy here for the most part, because I know how my animals are being treated. I know how I want to treat them. Um, I don't have to worry about an employee doing something I didn't know about. Right. So does it happen? Can it happen? Absolutely, it can. But the majority of farm operations, as soon as they find out about something like that, that employee will be terminated. Right. It's not something that farmers are knowingly and willingly allowing to happen on their operations. And to so be that, honest, those are my big things.
0: Right. I mean, I don't think I've ever met a farmer that doesn't treat their animals better than themselves you know, or you know what I'm trying to say there like they they're definitely take better care of their animals than they do themselves
1: oh yeah like, yeah that's I've, I've had a Facebook post one time like I had a picture I was out feeding the heifers and I had all the heifers were lined up eating and I said they eat breakfast before I do like right. I, I take care of everybody else before I get that's I'm trying to drink chocolate milk right now at 10 o'clock in the morning this is this is my first breakfast I've been up since 5 30 but this is my first chance to eat anything because I have to take care of them now, if I was, if I like to get up early and I wanted to get up early and eat breakfast before I went out, but I don't like getting up. So I'm not getting up early enough to do that.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. I definitely don't blame you there. Well, thank you so much for sharing that information. I really think a lot of people will gain a lot from hearing this, you know, because again, a lot of people really just don't know exactly what goes on on a dairy farm or they don't understand the things that need to happen in order for that milk to get on your shelf. So going into, you know, a different topic here, I mean, not super different, but going into a, a different topic, how can somebody who wants to start working in the dairy industry start that? Is there any advice that you'd want to give them? Because it's and, hard.
1: Yeah, it it, it really is, because um, you very rarely see first-generation dairy farmers getting into to farming, and the fact of the matter is, it is, you know, we've gone from, I think in the 60s, we, there was like 200,000 dairy farms. We're now down to 30,000 in the U.S. Um, so it's not, it's obviously not a growing industry. It's right. now cow numbers don't change as much because just the average farm size just gets bigger. Right. Well, so you're running, what's the average age of a farmer is 57, 59 years old. And you run into, there's a lot of next generations that say, I don't want to do that. It's, right. it's too stressful. Mm-hmm. It's not rewarding. There's, It's not financially feasible. Um, so that's tough. But there's people that get that desire. that like, this is what I really want to do. And I think the best way to do that is to find one of those older generations that is getting towards retirement. And and doesn't have that family member looking to come in that you can come in learn from them and hopefully transition and take over that operation. Um, I really think that's the easiest way to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ways if you can find a facility that's been that somebody is selling out and the facility is still in pretty good shape and you can get in. Finding a milk market sometimes is your hardest bet. Is just finding a co-op. There, there's there's there, it's not like there's too much milk and there's not a need for milk, um, but you need to be in a location that they're willing to bring a truck to you. You're not, you can't be a small operation that's 30 miles from the next dairy farm and they right. don't, and they're just not willing to come out and, and pick up that, you know, that amount of milk. So finding a location that is somewhere that um, you can find a co-op that's really willing to work with you, that's an important step. But it, it's trying to start from scratch and go to the bank and say hey I'm going to be a dairy farmer it's not a whole lot of banks saying okay here's your checkbook it's, <laughs> it's, it's not it's, it's tough it really is oh I'm sure
0: absolutely now I feel like you guys do so much for your community but what can our community do to help uh, businesses and farms like yours
2: I mean I shop local that's like one of the biggest things um you know for us in particular um you know, obviously we want people to come here to the store and, and purchase from us or, you know, go to one of our wholesale partners um, around the tri-state area that, that carries our product. Um, but, you know, if you don't have a, a local farm that's doing what we're doing, um, you know, all milk is local. You know, it's 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 not going a whole long way to a grocery store, um, just buy milk, buy dairy products. Don't, don't buy milk alternatives. Don't buy plant-based, um, dairy products. Um, they're really not as good for you as the real product is. Right. And I think that's, that's just the the biggest struggle that, um, the dairy industry as a whole is having right now is just, you know, the, the plant-based beverages that are coming out. And, um, so, the best way to support your local dairy farmer is just to drink actual real milk. And
0: absolutely,
1: I, I will add with just with the plant based movement, you know, a lot of people is well, I can't drink cow milk. It's you know, I, I it makes my stomach upset. I'm lactose intolerant, and and that that is a thing. It is, <laughs> I'm, it's fully a po- a problem for a lot of people. Um, The really cool thing is we have found a lot of customers that cannot drink commercial milk from the grocery store, but they are able to drink our milk. Um, The big difference between us and the grocery store is how we process our milk. For one, it's slow vat pasteurized, um, so it's low temp. It's at the lowest legal temp to pasteurize, and we do not homogenize, which means the the fat molecule stays whole, the cream separates, you get that cream line on top like they used to back in the day. Between those two things, um, one or the other or both have an effect on how your body digests the milk, and a lot of people say, I couldn't drink milk until I bought your milk, and they can drink it with no digestive uh, uh, digestive issues at all. So that's just something, you know, we try to tell a lot of people, it's like, uh, don't say if you can't drink milk, try ours, just give it a try. You may be, if you're truly lactose intolerant, yes, you won't, you won't be able to. Um, But a lot of people have found out that they had, they are able to, and they're really excited about it when they, when they try our milk and find out they can drink milk again. So
0: that's phenomenal. That's really exciting stuff. So we're actually slowly running out of time, but I still have two questions that I really want to get to. Um, So the first one is there's, for me, there's something really special about family farming, and you guys know that firsthand. So, what do you hope your children gain from growing up on a farm?
2: So, um, like we said, you know, our children are our son is 16, our daughter's 15. Um, our son, you know, he he has plans to either be a teacher or a psychologist or something along those lines. So, coming back to the farm full time isn't um, isn't in his future um mm-hmm. as of right now you know helping at the store um, is something that he does um, and he might continue to do live on the farm so um, but just even even not um working full-time on the farm you know his experience that he's had through 4-H you know our kids have been in 4-H since they were eight and that just responsibility and um drive that you get from you know, having to take care of something from the time it's born, and, you know, just look after it, and, you know, all of the halter-breaking things that go into it, and the fair, and, you know, talking to people at the fair, and even just talking to people here at the store, at the farmer's market we go to, they've gotten to have that interaction with the public, and really be able to tell them all about, like, growing up on a farm, and the importance of dairy, and all of that, so.
1: I love that. You see, it's funny because there's a lot of employers out there and farm kids and they're looking for another job and they're like, well, I grew up on a farm and they're like, you're hired.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) There's so many people out there that just, my dad's 70 years old and he works for Napa Auto Parts and he can work circles around most of the other guys in that facility because that's all he's ever known is working hard every day. Um, So yeah, nine times out of 10, as soon as an employer finds out you were a farm kid, you get hired because they know that you were, you were raised with that work ethic and that responsibility.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. That's phenomenal. So my final question for you really quickly is taking from my favorite speech, the FFA creed, why do you believe in the future of agriculture?
1: People got to eat. Yep. That's, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, agriculture is changing immensely over the years it's a it's a vast different um world but technology is amazing um just the things that uh, that have grown and they've created and just how equipment has progressed um you know the future will the future of agriculture is strong just on a basis of we got to have food now they can try to create uh, plant, you know, they can grow their stuff in a lab and do this stuff. It's, you can't feed, you know, we export a lot of stuff to other countries, but let's just say, even in the US, 320 million people, you can't feed everybody growing it in a lab. Um, and, and there's, in our area, it's a lot of houses and stuff, and there's fields here and there. But the middle country, I mean, obviously, is just thousands and thousands of acres of, of cropland. And while there's fewer and fewer of us doing it, um, the technology grows and the equipment capabilities grow. So we're gonna keep farming. Um, I, I, I don't worry about the future of agriculture. I don't worry about it dying. It's it, it's ever changing. Um, it's frustrating a lot of times, um, but it, it continues. It's been the same way forever. Um, Sometimes the government likes to make it harder than it needs to be. I think sometimes if we would leave things alone a little bit and let the farmer most of us know what we're doing for the most part um but it's like I say it's in it's in the blood of of most farmers in this country, and we just we just keep doing what we do and right. we complain about stuff, but we keep doing it
2: <laughs> i mean if you just if you look at like the past hundred years in agriculture like you know, if you you look at what's happened in a hundred years in the agriculture industry, just to think about the future hundred years of what what that's going to look like is just really exciting. And uh, just like you said, the, the progress and the ever evolving um, inventions and invention that goes into agriculture, and you know, we're we're feeding more people than we ever were with less acres and less people. Um, doing it, so you know it's it, it's an ever evolving industry, but it's it's doing good things and
1: we've gone from a world of you know you went into a field and you sprayed the entire field for the weeds that might be growing in different areas. Now we've gone now you have sprayers that use laser technology to figure out exactly where the weeds are and only spray them, or you have drones and we're using drones to spot spray stuff. It, it's really amazing. And here I am, I'm still pretty old school because <laughs> I don't do any type of those operations, but I'm amazed by, I love watching that type of stuff and, and enjoying modern agriculture, even though I'm a little more old school in our style, uh, but it, it's, it's really amazing.
0: It's innovative and it's, you know, yeah. phenomenal to see that grow.
1: So, and,
2: and, and in the past, you, to be involved in agriculture, you had to be a farmer, You had to be working in the dirt. You had to be milking cows. But with the innovations that have come, agriculture is such a huge industry that you don't have to be on a farm to be involved in agriculture. You can be, you know, that technology person that's developing the, the technology for these drones and these sprayers and that kind of thing. So I think it's a huge opportunity for so many different types of people.
0: I say that all the time. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And thank you guys both so much for sharing your story and allowing us to sit down and talk today. I am so excited for my viewers at home to get all of this great information. So thank you so much. Thank you. You're all right, guys, that is the end of our Farmer Friday interview for today. Thank you so much for watching. And of course, tune in next week. And as always, please remember to thank your farmers. Thank you, guys.